What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Now I think it's Tuesday night here that we're recording. Uh, oh my for, God, bro! You gotta be fucking kidding me, man! Really, this right is, from bro. the start? Yeah, man. What's going on? Yeah, bro. So NBA has always been kind of fucked up with these late scratches, and I was telling you right before we started that Kawhi Leonard mysteriously was ruled out of the start. Well, wasn't in the starting lineup. Reports were we don't know what it is. Uh, but he hasn't been ruled out yet. Now it was just reported that Kawhi Leonard is out tonight against the Celtics with back spasm. The guy wasn't on the fucking injury report all day. There was no signs of this. No one says shit. The game starts. He's not in the starting lineup. And now we found that he had back spasms, man. This cannot happen. And I didn't play him in DFS. I did give out the Clippers minus four against Boston. And I wouldn't have if I knew Kawhi Leonard was out. I mean, this is terrible, man. This cannot happen. Like, how do we not know about this? Like, this is ridiculous. And I thought with sports wagering becoming legal in more states now that this would be something that we don't see anymore. We know the injury report is done for these purposes, and it's back spasms now. I mean, this is ridiculous, man. Well, I mean, again, this I mean, this this goes back to the, the debate that you and I had a, a while ago. Um, you know, I mean, listen— if the teams aren't obligated, like in the NFL, teams are obligated to follow the injury report. If teams aren't obligated to do it in the NBA, then they have no reason to do it um, because they're not going to get penalized the, for okay, it. Okay, so all. T- all right, Howard. So the team puts out a report. Kawhi Lennon's not even on the injury report, okay? Right. He's not even on it. You're a beat writer. What are you going to do? Are you going to investigate every fucking player every day? If he's not on the injury report and he was at, and I don't know about shoot around, but if he's not on the injury report, how is this the beat writer's fault? Well, I, well, do we, so you just, you just admitted that you don't know if he was at the shoot around or not. I wasn't there, bro. You weren't there either. So we don't know, but say he was at the shoot around or he was, everything was good. People saw him in warmups. And then this pops out. How's that a beat reporter's fault? If he's not, because you're going to go by the official injury report, right? Oh, Kawhi Leonard's not on it. He's playing tonight. No problem. It's not a back-to-back. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not going to get into the argument with you until I know whether or not he was at the shoot-around. But you immediately blame the beat reporters. If he was... this argument. If he if he wasn't at the shoot-around, then well, we yeah, you Forget you're about the shoot-around. Right. For, okay, so you're a beat reporter, right? Kawhi he Leonard's wasn't not warming the- up before the game started. You needed to know that. Well, I'm saying, so you're a beat reporter. You get the injury report four or five o'clock. He's not on it today, right? Because we would have known. It would have been all over Twitter. He wasn't right. on it. Right. I got so you. Then, so then what is a beat reporter supposed to do? The beat reporter is supposed to say, hey, guess what? He wasn't on the injury report today, but Kawhi Leonard mysteriously absent from pregame warmups right now. What if he was out there? Well, again, that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have this argument with you. Okay, but uh, you as to whether or not he was because we don't know if he was there or not. The beat, you immediately went back to the beat reporters. If he was without there, without knowing listen, anything, if, Adam. If Kawhi Leonard was at the shoot around and everything looked completely normal, then no, I cannot blame the beat writer. But if Kawhi Leonard was absent from the shoot around, was absent from warm ups, or wasn't taking warm-ups, was just standing on the sidelines talking to the coach or the trainer or something like that, then yeah, then I'm going to blame the beat writer for not mentioning that. Okay, I mean, I'm looking back at even the guy I covered for the Globe. All of this stuff was no word on Kawhi Leonard yet, late scratch. 
That was it. So no one knew anything. So and and all of that just started right when the game started when the game began. Yeah, they were just like, "Oh, Kawhi Leonard's not in the starting lineup." That was it. And 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 tip off happened right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I need to know if he was at the uh I need to know if he was if he was doing participating in pregame warm-ups. Cuz if he was, well then no, then I can't blame the beat writer. But if he wasn't I'm pretty sure and nobody said that he I'm, wasn't taking part in warm-ups, then yeah, I got a little problem with it. I'm pretty sure. I don't know how many reporters are there, but I'm pretty certain if any reporter was there and did not see Kawhi Leonard in warm-ups, they would have said it. I, I I'm not gonna give them that that kind of benefit of the doubt. But Dude, okay. all you gotta do, all you gotta do is look up and see who's on the court. If you're any kind of diligent reporter or at least observant, you have two working eyes. You look up and you go, "Oh, Kawhi Leonard's not on the court. What's going on?" And I'd immediately go ask someone. So I, I gotta think. I don't know how many reporters are there. I don't know how many are traveling with the team. But I got to think, even if you're a Boston Celtics beat writer, you would do that. You would go, oh, why is Kawhi Leonard not on the court? And you'd immediately tweet it. You know how many people would retweet it and get likes? I mean, it's common sense. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. So, you know, I mean, that's, uh, again, if if he was taking part in warm-ups and everything was fine and dandy, then no, I can't blame the beat writer. Then I blame the team. But then then you have to talk to the league about cracking down on teams for not reporting injuries properly. And then you get what we had in the NFL. But if Kawhi was not at warmups and nobody said anything about it, I would find that a little bit weird. Yeah. I mean, I would think that he was out on the floor because I just can't imagine no one saying anything. All it was is right around tip off. And this is a nationally televised game. They said Kawhi Leonard's not in the starting lineup, Reggie Jackson. Everyone's like, what? Everyone immediately thought, all right, COVID. And apparently it wasn't. Tonight, Derrick Rose, same situation. Wasn't a tip-off. I think it happened after lineup lock on FanDuel because the first game tonight was 7.05 p.m. Eastern. I'm not sure. I saw it later. But Derrick Rose was ruled out due to COVID protocols. And that's, yeah, that that's something. I mean, if he got if he gets ruled out for COVID protocols, that shit, again, that's that's on the team for not saying anything and keeping it all... Hush, hush. And that's, again, that's that's another problem that we're having here in the time of COVID. Uh, again, it's teams just not reporting shit. Like, and, and that's, the, to, to me, I don't really, I don't know, man. I mean, does it really, does it, does it make that much of a difference? I mean, obviously, if it's a guy like Kawhi and he's not playing because of back spasms, I mean, that's a, that's a you know, he's a featured player. But, I mean, to not say that Derrick Rose is, you know, we're, we're you know, looking at his tests or something like that, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, man. It's just so bizarre, and it's happened too much this year. Way too much. And, you know, it's it affects a lot of things. You know, wagering, DFS, and, you know, I just don't understand why this continuously happens. Like, why are we – the whole Kevin Durant fiasco was a joke. Like, I don't understand why we're just finding this out right before. Like, it doesn't make sense. What are they going to say with Kawhi Leonard after the game? Oh, yeah, after warm-ups, he came in and his back flared up. Like, it just, I don't know, man. They, they've they got to, look, I know things are going to happen from time to time, but it just feels like it happens too much in the NBA, and it's going to turn people off. You know, I did see someone tweet, hey, I decided to finally play NBA DFS tonight. I had Kawhi Leonard and Derrick Rose. That's it. I'm not, I'm off. 
And, you know, that's not what you want as a league. You know, I think the NBA does a pretty good job of marketing. And we know DFS is popular. Uh, people mm-hmm. like to bet on it. And, like, this is just going to turn people off, man, when you have shit like this happen. Because Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is a huge deal. I can guarantee you the line would not be four. The Clippers would not be favored by four. And people would not, you know, maybe be on them as much. I was on them because they've only lost consecutive games once this year. And they're a better team than Boston. And they were coming off a game where they had the lead against the Bucs. They were up 196 with four minutes to go. They didn't score the rest of the game and lost. But that's to a good Bucks team on the road. So you can see that. But with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, who I get, I was looking at his player prop tonight of 26 and a half points. And I almost wrote it up and I just said, some told me like, nah, don't do it. Again, I had no idea he was not going to play. But, you know, at least with the Lakers, we found out early today, Marcus Gasol wasn't playing due to COVID protocols. Not like he's a big name, but all right, fine. We found out early. And I know some situations are going to be strange with COVID, but like, it feels like every time, not every time, because we already know Toronto's out without a bunch of players tomorrow in the next two days. But it feels like a couple of occasions this year, more than one, that we've had instances of this COVID stuff. I mean, Tyler Hero was one, Derek Rose tonight, Kevin Durant. It's just happening too much. Like, you can't tell me, like, this is happening right at tip-off or 10 minutes before the game all the time, that they're getting these test results or questions about COVID. It can't be a coincidence. And it's probably not a coincidence. Again, you know, you look at, at the NFL having to report their injuries and, you know, I mean, it's not confirmed, but we all kind of know that the injury report, uh, the point spreads are definitely tied into the injury report. And, you know, if somebody is uh, is out now, I mean, in, in football, you know, unless it's a quarterback, it's not really going to move the needle all that much on the spread, but. When it comes to NBA, having a guy like Kawhi Leonard out, that's going to dramatically affect it. Um, And so with the legalization of sports gambling, um, the NBA is going to come under some serious fire because of this. And they're going to have to they're going to have to mandate injury reports like they do in the NFL. The only question is, are the NBA teams going to play fuck around like you know, like like Belichick does, and he throws everybody onto the injury report. So you never know who's really that hurt or anything like that. You know, and and is that going to be a problem for the NBA? And then all of a sudden, where are we at with, you know, trying to figure out point spreads in the NBA? Like, how do you how do you trust that it's going to be accurate uh, if uh, if teams are fucking around like this? So, yeah, dude, I get a, your frustration, man. I really do. I mean, LeBron I really, James, I think, has been on the injury report. Every game this year, he's listed as questionable. <laughs> he plays every night. So, um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, this Clippers thing, I mean, this is one that's going to get a lot of outcry. It has to. Um, because, again, I, I got to think a lot of people were on the Clippers tonight. Um, and now they're down eight early in the second quarter. And, again, that line would be completely different if we knew that Kawhi was out. It would definitely have been different had you known. So I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, Adam. And I know it's frustrating because you're writing up props and you're writing up bets for, you know, for wager alarm. And that's, that's your, it's also your reputation at stake. And it's also, you know, when, when it comes down to it, you're not throwing asterisks next to your losses and being like, well, I lost this one here, but they didn't tell me that Kawhi. Okay, here we go. 
It's being re- he was warming up before tip off. He was warming okay. up before tip off. He wasn't on the court when the game began, or he wasn't on the bench. Well, then, then that's the team's fault right there. Or, I mean, I guess it's possible after tip-off, like he just came in and said, man, my back's hurting. It's possible, but I guess, look, I guess it's just a bad break then, right? Because if he's out there warming up, it's not the team's fault, right? No, you got to you gotta blame his, uh, his, his sister's mother's brother's cousin's uncle uh, who was a little short on rent this week, uh, and he had to lay down a bet yeah. on the on the Celtics. Yeah, I would not be surprised because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of the money was on the Clippers tonight. So there could be some shady shit here. Right? <laughs> Said, yo, I mean, Kawhi, sit down tonight, all right? And I'll tell you what, dude, that's that's the slippery slope. And, you know, yeah. listen, I, I'm all for the legalization of, of sports gambling because this is the business that I'm in. Right. And I don't I don't if, if it goes away, I mean, it'll always be prevalent. But if it doesn't get legalized, then this industry doesn't boom the way it's likely to boom once all states are involved on that. But I mean, is this not what we were uh, kind of concerned about right from the get go? Is that shady shit's going behind going on behind the scenes? And uh, and it's Joe Everyman who gets uh, screwed at the end of it because he's not the one who's in tune with everything. Yeah, I mean, look, at least the player props get canceled, but not if you wagered on the sides or the total. It still plays. So if you took the Celtics, uh, you caught a big break tonight. But, I mean, I guess based on this, you got to think that it was just a legit back flare-up, and I don't really see where you can place blame, right? If he is war- if he's- he was warming up reportedly, so that's just – it happened. It happens occasionally in sports. It happens in baseball here and there, but we know it beforehand. I mean, it's still, you know, you could wager, all right, I'm taking the Mets today at 1 p.m. Eastern, right? And then I don't want to curse. Uh, let me go with a lesser known pitcher because I don't want to <laughs> put bad juju. Forget the Mets. I don't want to put the, the bad juju no. on them. So for the Yankees, right? You know, Corey Kluber is pitching and you bet on the Yankees at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then you find out at like 6.15 p.m. Eastern that he's scratched from his start. I mean, your bet is already in. If you're waiting till the last minute, I mean, it happens occasionally. It happens in baseball once in a while. A player, but the thing is, we know those lineups three, three and a half hours before the game. And sometimes it's usually an hour, hour and a half that maybe something like this happens. But I guess in this instance, there's really nothing you can do. Because it was just kind of bad luck, and you know, you're you know, you could have been on the Celtic side and caught a break. I mean, we don't even know. I mean, Clippers could still cover this game, but um, yeah, it's amazing how Twitter is ahead of everything. I'm just seeing it on the screen now <laughs> on, the, on the nationally televised game. They put it at the bottom. Kawhi Leonard ruled out back spasms. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I've been watching the game for. 25 minutes. Thanks so much. Well, maybe, maybe they did. I don't have the volume on, so maybe they did mention it, but I just saw it on the screen. Obviously I don't have the volume on now. I'm kind of just following things on Twitter. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's just one of those bad breaks that sucks, but you're right. I mean, people are going to be like, I look, these guys make so much money that you don't think it would happen, but Hey, you never know. Right. You can't rule out anything. Always be skeptical. Right. Um, yeah, actually you have to be skeptical hundred percent. Um, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm not a full blown conspiracy theorist. I mean, I do have some conspiracy theories, but 
you know, I mean, the, the big problem is, is that, I mean, I go into it, especially when you're talking about, you know, gambling, I go into it kind of automatically believing that there's a majority of stuff that's already fixed. Like I do, like, I, I think that there's a, a majority of things that happen and lines that are set for very specific reasons and, and people in the know are making the money on it. And, you know, the, the, the rest of the public is, uh, is, is fighting for scraps when it comes down. It's like, like the DFS industry, man. You know, it's like they're the, there's the top layer of people who are making money playing DFS. You know, you see them on like Chipotle addict and, and, uh, and Papa Gates you know, all over the top leaderboards there. Like these guys are, are making money doing it. And there are other people who are scratching and clawing for nickels. Uh, and, and they're excited about doubling up on a 25 cent, you know, contest. You yeah, know? So the question is, is what, you know, where do you, where do you lie in, in the grand scheme of things? Are you chasing that, that million dollar dream? Uh, you, and, you know, so it's just like playing the lottery or are you, you know, are, are you investing, you know, in certain things it's like, you know, these guys max enter in these contests because they're not even playing it like they have a knowledge of the game. They're just playing percentages. And it's like, OK, if I max enter these contests, I stand to make X. I'm risking Y. And there are some days where they'll end up losing, you know, eight, ten grand. But there are going to be other days where they're going to make, you know, one hundred fifty thousand. So. You know, they're playing it like that. They're not playing it like, you know, oh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to do this $10 GPP and I'm going to hope that I'm going to make $15,000 on it. Like They're not playing it that way. And I feel like, you know, in, in a lot of ways, there are a lot of people who deal with that word gambling as well. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising, man. We've, we've heard some things over the years. So especially with the NBA and officials right so but it's always amazing how you see like money all the public money on one side and then it loses a lot of the time i always worry about that like i'll be on a on a line i'm like oh man damn most of the money isn't that i'm in i'm in trouble um i you know i, I feel the same way when craig mission i do the uh the westgate super contest we the first thing that we look at are you know the consensus picks and if we have picks that are in that top five, we're like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah, like, right. It's the we're, worst. We're losing feeling. this week because everybody's on. Everybody's on Buffalo and laying the points. Everybody is. And it's tough should... though because, like, if you really did your research and have a strong conviction on the pick, um, you know, it's like tough to go away from that. You know, but you, but the red flags go up immediately. I know I feel that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, uh, the the old phrase. All those beautiful hotels in Vegas were built on the public being wrong. True. And I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I thought I saw, I, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people on the Clippers tonight. Boston has been absolutely terrible lately. They have a two-game winning streak, but it was against bad teams. They just have not played well this year. Well, lately, the last couple of weeks. Well, damn. What else did you, did you have? Anything else that was oh, you, it was uh, the Derrick Rose situation also. So you had um, what you call it? Did you did you have the you had the Clippers minus four? Did you have uh, did you have Derrick Rose on any of your props? No, nah, I I didn't like a lot today. Um, I had Julius Randle his points over twenty three and a half. Uh huh. Um, and I 
when I saw Rose was out, I went to start looking at his assists because he's probably going to handle the ball a lot more now, um, kind of be the default old point guard there. Um, and he's had at least six assists in three of the last four games. His line was four and a half. And uh, when I went to go check on BetMGM, it was frozen. And then a minute later, it came up at five and a half. Wow. You're like, oh, never mind. Four and a half, yes. Five and a half. Yeah, I mean, and he could go over it, but it's a, it's going to be – the total has gone down to 212. I mean, I don't really worry about that with Randall because the Knicks play a lot of slow-paced games. I mean, their last game with total was 199. The game before was uh, 217. Uh, the outlier game against the Kings where they scored 140, it's because the Kings are the worst defensive team in the NBA. But the Knicks tend to play a lot of low-scoring games because they play good defense and they're slow-paced. But Randall still puts up huge numbers. I mean – He's gone over the 23 and a half and four of the last five games. Uh, he's just been putting up insane numbers this year. I mean, he's been great. Deserves to be in the all-star game. And uh, he's actually moved up in the most improved player. He's up to plus 700 on DraftKings, which is the third highest. And it's actually not crazy to, to put a little money on that. I don't know if he'll win it, but I mean, he's, He's averaging 23.4 points, 10.9 rebounds, 5.5 assists. Uh, he's just yeah, amazing season for Randall. And I could see it happening just now, right? It's like, you know, 18.2 seconds left. Knicks have the ball. Randall's got four assists right there at the game. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, you, you look no, and it I, gets... Dude, it, it happened to me yesterday. It was a 500 night, and... um. Three of the losses were by a half. I had Jamal Murray over 24 and a half points. He had 24. I had James Harden over three and a half threes. He had three. And I had the Mavericks <laughs> minus six. They won by, no, was it minus six and a half? They won by six. <laughs> now, it did cash a lot of other bets, to be fair. I mean, Luka Doncic uh, over two and a half three-pointers. That cashed, I think, during the podcast yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I think it did. It, like the second quarter. Um, DeJounte Murray over his points, rebounds, assists, and Mike Conley over five and a half assists. So, yeah, you know, 500 is better than than a losing night, you know. And before that, it was four and two and four and one. So it's been pretty good over at wageralarm.com. So check it out. Uh, but again, give me a mulligan for the Clippers, man. I didn't know Kawhi Leonard was going to be out. <laughs> right? You and, and anybody else. Still, it's a tie game. It's a tie game. They still might cover. But I would not have made the bet minus four if I knew Kawhi wasn't playing. Right. That I believe you. Absolutely. That that, you know, even though, uh, you know, you, you were coming to the rescue of the beat writers at, you know, coming at me like that. No, just because. No, I didn't mean to come at you, bro. It's just like you immediately jumped to it. And I felt it was unfair because we didn't know the situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Come on. And then we find out he was warming up. So this is just I don't even think it's the team's fault. I think it's just if everything is accurate. And he just really warmed up and had back spasms. Then it's just kind of bad luck. Not you can do. Well, there's got to be somebody to blame, Adam. There oh. always has. That's the American way. The American way well, is yeah, not to take ownership of the of the being wrong. It's somebody else's fault. That is absolutely true. And you know what? That's one thing over the years I've learned. I actually had a, a real good discussion with uh, an ex about this. You know. Uh, a few months back and you know i just took accountability for some of the things that went wrong you know i said look you gotta be true you gotta look in the mirror and when you're wrong you're wrong and the only way you're going to grow as a person is to admit when you're wrong and figure out why you made those mistakes learn from it and be a better person going forward but people don't want to do that 
it's just, I'm sure you know, uh, when you're overseeing a staff and everything, you know, people can always blame, oh, well, you know, I got passed over because of this and that. Now nah, look in the mirror and figure out what you could do better. Yeah, well, listen, I, that that I'm I'm a hundred percent in favor of just yeah, just taking ownership of of what's going on. Every, you know, that's again, that's my biggest problem with people in general is that it's always somebody else's fault. It's always you know, and listen, we all know those people. We all you know, we've all worked with those people. We're related to those people. We know those people. You know, where it's like, yeah, oh, you know, yeah, you 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 have the the most horrible luck ever. You know, it's like like somebody who uh you know. On, on poker stars, right? Like somebody who sits there and blames the poker stars algorithm every time they lose a hand. But, you know, when they catch that river flush, oh, yeah, hey, see, that never happens to me. Like, it's oh, it's like, come on. So I know people like that, too. It's it's terrible. It is terrible. But I mean, listen, if, if, if everything's on the up and up with this, then, yes, it's it's just it's a it's a tragic, misfortunate thing. And Kawhi Leonard's back, it you know, wrenched up on him, and and so be it. But you know, obviously, because we've been burned by it so much, it's it's just natural to go to wondering where the reporting was beforehand. You were even going to it. You were going to that, you know, immediately. You're like, where was the reporting on this? I mean, again, because there was no, he was not on the injury report. It's not like, oh, Kawhi Leonard's questionable today. It was nothing, nothing, you know, so no one thought anything of this. And then you see, oh yeah, Reggie Jackson's starting in place of Kawhi Leonard. It's like, huh? Like what? What? So, you know, the immediate thing is, all right. And now in today's environment, oh, COVID is a COVID thing. And that's what happened with Derrick Rose. You know, at least you, I mean, I, again, I don't know exactly what time Rose was ruled out. It might've been, after lineup on FanDuel, obviously on DraftKings, you have late swaps, so you could take them out. Um, it was definitely in time because the next game didn't start till 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And I saw that news. I think it was like right after. I think it was after 7. Um, I'm not sure. Let me see if I can go to the Twitter and see what time it was. Uh, there was a beat reporter. Uh, doesn't tell you the exact time on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. 7.24 p.m. Oh, my goodness. Really? <laughs> Next announce. After the interview with the coach that Derrick Rose is out tonight due to health and safety protocol, 7-24. That was a 7 o'clock game. So if you had him on FanDuel, you got fucked. Yeah. So imagine you had, if you had Rose and Kawhi Leonard on FanDuel tonight, you just threw money away. All the more reason why FanDuel needs to put late swap in there. Like, that's just, you know. Yeah. And that's I'm sure that drives people off that site for bas for basketball. Definitely. I mean, any sport that you need it, it's clearly the NBA. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And we've saw that two years ago and they still haven't done it. So yeah, they'll learn maybe in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It'll take a full decade before they actually bring it, bring back a little late swap. Probably not going to happen there. Um, all right, so wow, NBA, we're all we're all ablaze right now here with what's going on. Um, last night, also, Adam, you and I, we went over our drafts for the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Oh, did you happen to see any of Tout Wars today? Well, before I tell you what, before we change gears to baseball, we give a shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site y'all should be playing on. Here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. 
MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> and now, Adam, now we can switch gears Fully over to baseball here. Um, Tout Wars, 12-team mixed league um, where innings pitched and solds replace uh, wins and saves. OBP instead of batting average. Every other category is alike. Did you did you happen to catch any of that today? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm not really interested in it because I'm not going to play in a format like that. Yeah, I me applaud- either. I applaud them for trying something different, you know, and the 12 players that were in there and gave it a shot. But it's hard for me to really look at that and go, I'm going to be interested in it because it's not I, – I hate saves and holds. A hold is is such a bad statistic. You can give up a run in an inning and get a hold. Well, I mean, listen, it's it's as arbitrary. You could you could go five innings, give up six runs, right, and still get a win. Yeah, it's 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 they're both arbitrary. Like, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Wins and wins and holds are are just equally arbitrary. Nonsense. But you don't you don't see a guy give up six runs in five innings and get a win often. Uh, only see- in Colorado, my friend. Only in Colorado. Yeah. Well, that's if you get past the fifth inning. Yeah. Back in the day when Mike Hampton was there, he did. Um, I didn't really, I mean, I, 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 you know, Jim Bowden was in it. So we talked about it on the show. Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm. She was in there as well. So we chatted about it there. You guys can listen on the Sirius XM app. I agree with you, Adam. I mean, it's, you know, again, 12 team leagues, very tough to come by for you and I right now. Um, you know, I mean, I've got labor. I've got, you know, I've got talent. my late my labor draft though on Thursday is actually a twelve team auction. So I think it's it might be the only twelve team league that I'm oh, planning really? to do at this point. But yeah, it's twelve. They they started it last year. They introduced the twelve team mixed league auction last year. Oh, that's that right. It. That's right. That's yeah. right. So I mean, I'm, minor minor twelve teamers, but I mean it's labor and uh, and and tout right. Are they, right. Mono leagues, though. Yeah, they're AL only and NL only. Right. So much tougher to deal with the player pool there. Um, all right. So then let's uh, instead of you know looking at that, you guys just you go and and follow. Jim actually had a very interesting strategy. He took eight straight position players before he took a, a starting pitcher. Yeah, I saw that. And I know that's something he's been on, right? 
He's been on, well, he, he did that with the FSGA and, uh, you know, and I said to him, I was like, you know, it's a lot easier to do it. I don't necessarily know if I would have gone six, but I mean, in the, in the two rounds where, you know, round seven and eight, where he took, uh, you know, Stanton and, and Chris Bryant, uh, there really weren't a lot of pitchers who were going at that point. So I don't think he cost himself anything. It was like Ryu, Corbin and Strasburg were the, uh, were the only pitchers who went in those two rounds. So he stayed with the offense. I mean, you know, his season for FSGA and for this tout league, it's going to come down to whether or not Framber Valdez, Jesus Lazardo, and Sixto Sanchez, you know, really step up the way he thinks they are. Yeah, well, hopefully they do for him, unless he's in the league with me. Right. <laughs> are you in any leagues with Jim? I don't think you're in any leagues with Jim. Not yet. No, not that I know of. I, I'm hoping not to add any more leagues. So. Oh, me too. Me too. I even asked that to Jim. I was like, how many leagues are you going to end up doing? Because he's always preaching diversity, diversity, diversity to me. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, including, you know, people in, you know, in the draft. I mean, diversifying your, your lineups not drafting the same guys over and over again. And he's living and dying on Valdez, Luzardo, and Sixto Sanchez so far. So I was like, you going to probably do in a couple more leagues there, dude. And you're not going to be able to, you know, if you want to diversify, you're going to have to change your strategy a little bit. Anywho. All right. Well, when you, when you take all those bats, you're kind of looking at the same pitchers. That's why. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, you know, the question is, is are you going to continue doing that? So you're basically going to have the same pitching staffs over and over again. You'll have different hitters and all his hitters from FSGA are different from uh, from from these here in tout. I think there's one one of the same guys. No, not even. Um, Maybe it was maybe. Oh, yeah. Lindor. He's got Lindor over there and he's got Lindor here. So. Um, who knows? Who knows? We'll have to just wait and see, see how it all turns out for him. Um, I want to talk about our great fantasy baseball invitation drafts, uh, because actually you're almost going to be on the clock soon. Look at you. You are on deck officially in yours, um, in round seven. And I am in round, where am I? I'm in round, I'm in round seven also, but further down the road, uh, than you are. So, where were you when last we left off yesterday? You had Garrett Cole, Bobachet, Raphael Devers. Oh yeah, you were only three team, three players in. So talk about the rest of your draft here. Yeah, so round four, I went with Randy Arozarena. Uh, I know some people look at him as a risk, but you know he had a he did it in the playoffs, man, against top pitching, and he's going to play every day. He's going to hit at the top of the lineup. He's got some pop and he's got some speed. He had a really good minor league season in 2019. Uh, I mean, I know he wasn't a top prospect, but uh, it gives me a little pop and a little speed. So I took him at that point, willing to take a shot here. Uh, I could have went the safe route with Jose Abreu, the boring guy, but decided to get a a little speed. I'm trying to get speed from everywhere. And then in round five, uh, went with Keston Hero. It was Kind of close between him and Brandon Lau, but I decided to go here. I think he'll get some more stolen bases. I think the Brewers lineup is going to be better. Uh, we saw Christian Yelich get a double in his first at bat. Not that means anything, but I think they'll be better. Um, here is obviously his strikeout rate's a little bit high, 
Uh, so we want that to come down, but he's got legit power, has some speed, you know, stole nine bases in 84 games, 2019, three last year. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I see a big power breakout in the middle of the lineup for him. And then uh, came back in round six, and uh, it was funny because I'm like, all right, it's probably going to be between Conforto, Castellanos, and Meadows. And uh, Conforto went, Castellanos went, I'm like, all right, I will take Austin Meadows. Well, then it came, <laughs> came down to Meadows and Lourdes Gurriel. Um, and I decided, look, I was high on Meadows last year, so why am I going to change my tune this year? Because he had COVID. It was just a nightmare season for him. We saw he was a top prospect. Went to Tampa, had a big year two years ago, 33 homers, 12 steals, 80-plus runs in RBIs, hit 291. So I think he bounces back. Uh, still had a good walk rate, strikeout rate went up. But, uh, you know, I expect Meadows to bounce back. So, yeah, I went heavy bats because I think the pitching, I didn't really want to overpay for it at this point. Um, I would have considered Carrasco in round four. He was gone. And then I just felt like I didn't really want to overpay for pitchers. And that's why I went one pitcher and now five bats in a row. Yeah, I'm with you on the overpaying for pitchers part. I, I definitely am. Um, I, I guess the, the question that I have really is, you know, I mean, what is it that we're seeing in a Rosarina uh, that, you know, that we're not seeing in other places? Like this is I guess this is really what it all comes down to is, you know, yeah, it's a case by case basis, but. You know, there are, there are guys being hyped up for having a great 2020. Uh, and then there are guys who are being, you know, that, that have a shitty 2020 that we're like, no, 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 they're going to be fine. Then we have guys who had a shitty 2020 and we're like, they're, they're done. Like, uh, you know, and then we've, yeah, so, so the question is, is what are you seeing in a Rose Arena? I mean, because I, I got to be honest, I haven't watched him very much. I, you know, I saw him in the playoffs, but, you know, okay, fine. You know, when you're, when you're, there's a certain amount of adrenaline that you're also riding during those streaks. And when you're out there and you're just, you're hitting everything and you're just locked in and you're seeing the ball. I mean, there are going to be downtimes for a player like that. A Rosarina is not going to hit the way he hit in the playoffs last year, all season long. So the question is, is how much of a drop off? And since I haven't seen him, you know, all that much, and I haven't lined up video of him yet, I'm just, I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I don't know if I should be or not. Yeah. Look, I, even if you have moderate expectations, there's no reason why he can't go 2020 or 25, 20. We've seen him run in the minor leagues. He stole four bases last year in only 23 games. Didn't get caught stealing. He has all the tools. He has all the ability. And we saw it in the end of the season. And then we saw it in the playoffs where you face the best pitching. Like you just don't see performances like that and yeah I don't expect that all season long but there's just a a lot to like here and he's gonna play every day he's got speed he's got power I mean look if he goes 2020 there's not a lot of players that are gonna do that I think he can right is it risky is it risky sure but I'm willing to take some some risk here again I could have went with this the the boring Abreu pick could have done that but I wanted to get some more speed on the roster. So as long as he doesn't hit 220, I don't think this pick is going to, you know, ruin my season if he isn't great. I I think 20 home runs is the floor, and I think 15 steals is the floor. 
Now, is there somebody who you're seeing being pushed up in drafts who had a great 2020 that you're not buying? That you're like, ah, that was, you know, more kind of fluky. Like you look at a guy like Trent Grisham and say, well, I don't understand why this dude's a, a fourth or fifth round pick. Uh, Grisham, my concern is the average. Um, and also, is he going to hit a top the order against left-handed pitching? Because we saw at times last year that he did it. Um, I was, I did draft Grisham a lot last year, but it was much cheaper. I don't know. Was it 14th, 15th, 16th round? I know I had him in TGFBI last year because someone had tweeted, oh, look at all the people who have Grisham and like tagged me in the link. I was like, okay, I guess there's a Grisham fan club that I wasn't aware of. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the concern, again, that's the concern for him um, is the lineup factor. But he's a guy that's always had good walk rates. Uh, showed speed in the minor leagues as well. So I think the, there's a lot. I think some people, they're like, oh, well, I need to see you do it for another year or two before I buy in. And you know what? You're going to lose out on players. I mean, people were criticizing people for taking Tatis late in the first round last year. I mean, oh, well, it's a small sample. You know, sometimes there are just some uh, players that are just really good at baseball and they're going to be good. Like, can you imagine last year? Oh, I don't want to take Tatis late first round. It, I, it was only 84 games. Well, sometimes your eyes tell you things and you see things. I mean, like I took Tatis last year, I think early second round in the GST league. I was like, you know what? I want a piece of him, man. I've been losing out in every draft. He's here in the second round, starter with Jose Ramirez. I'm taking Fernando Tatis here. And there, But there were people like, oh, no, it's 84 games. He had a 410 batting average of balls in play. That's not going to repeat. Okay, I don't need that to repeat. So he doesn't hit 317. He hits 275. That's fine. He's a 5-2 category player. The same thing with Acuna. People are afraid to draft Acuna. Oh, it's, and I'm not saying that Grisham or Rosarena on those levels, but we're not spending a first or second round pick on them. And these are two guys that are going to give you stolen bases. So, yeah, these picks might not work out, but I'm willing to take a shot, uh, you know, and, and hope that it does pan out and that it's for real. But mm. I'm, I just don't think you can sit there and go – Oh, I got. I need to see him do it again. I need to see him do it again. You're going to be left holding the bag, and you're going to lose out on a lot of guys. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm. I'm taking. I'm not taking him because I haven't seen him, and I don't know. Like that's why I'm. I'm passing up on him. Uh, for for you know probably more proven talent at that at that point. Um, you know fourth round. Uh, you know, you could shoot for upside, or you could you know you could end up. You know, not. I mean, that's really I mean, you know, I, I get why you want the upside, especially when you're dealing with like the TG FBI, where it's like, you know, there is an overall you're competing against a ton of other people. So you need that. You need to take that chance. You need to, like, have that risk involved there. Uh, also, you want to have the, the guy who's having the big breakout season. And if it's a if it's a situation where you believe that even his floor is going to be satisfactory enough then you make that play absolutely um so i mean that's you know so I, that's the only reason i wasn't i wasn't asking to poke holes in it i was actually asking because genuinely I, i've just never watched the kid yeah, i don't no, know he, he's a he, kid i think he's like 30 26 26 yeah. <laughs> he's 147 years old um i like the keston Hira pick i like his move over to first base um Less taxing on him, you know, I guess. Less Doesn't have to worry about, about defense either, yeah. 
yeah, like less concern for him worrying about like errors and shit like that because he was defensively he was not strong at, at the Keystone last year for the Brewers. Um, and I love Austin Meadows. I've always loved Austin. I loved Austin Meadows when he was with Pittsburgh. So I like it. I like it. You know, uh, now you're so all right, here you go. So the guy right in front of you picks Framber Valdez and you are officially on the clock. Um, are you uh, are you thinking about pitching here, given the fact that you went Garrett Cole and then five straight position players? Yeah, it's an option. Um Framber was in consideration. Uh, I'm going to have to go pitching at some point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to do it here, though, man. Oh, man. Let me see. There's one team after me that only has one pitcher. Everyone else has at least two pitchers. But, like, there's... Uh, there's no one that I absolutely love here. There's two that I, I'm considering. I think yeah. I think a couple of them will make it back. Um, now you know what? I'm gonna go with someone who I've talked about as a bounce back player Ooh. that I think got unlucky last year and things didn't break right. Ooh, ooh, yeah, I think so. Right? Oh, is it gonna be? You want to guess who it's going to be? No, I don't want to guess. No. How am I going to guess? Um, Jesus Lizardo. Um, he's well, an I mean, option. Is it, is it pitcher or hitter for you? Where, where, no, I'm, I mean, I'm going hitter. I decided. You're going hitter. Okay. Yeah. So you're going hitter. Um, seventh round, 97th pick. Let me see. Uh, let me let me look at some uh, just the range there. The range of players you're going hitter is JD Martinez still available? He is. Is that the name? It is. Ah! <laughs> and I already have and I already have good youth on this team too. You know, so I have Young, and now I'm taking you know 33 year old that I think is going to bounce back. I am the smartest man alive. Yeah, put me at the fucking poker table with the fantasy alarm people, dude. Let's play the hand blind. Let me see. So, yeah, his ADP in TGFBI is 94. He's gone a minimum of 67, a max of 109. Oh, man, this, this, is, this is the spot. If you want him, you take him. Yeah, I think I'm going to think I'm going to do it. Hold Ooh. off on the pitching a little bit. So Bowden was talking to Alex Cora the other day, and uh, and they're thinking that J.D. Martinez is going to be playing some more left field. Good. That will um, really help which, me out then. I, I mean, I don't know what the – is it 10 games this, in season? I think it's for, 10. I for eligibility? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so apparently it, it's it, what it sounds like between Cora and Haim Bloom is that they're not going to re-sign Jackie Bradley Jr., and what they like doing is they like having um uh oh what you call it Verdugo in center, I think. Mm -hmm. And they, they want to go Verdugo in center and they want to go JD uh over and left a couple of times. Um so that or in, in right, so that it's Hunter Renfro and Franchi Cordero, uh, and even maybe Marlon Marwin Gonzalez, who are you know, going back and forth and in, into uh, left field. 
that's if they want to, uh, if they were thinking about DHing somebody like, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck and using Marwin at first or, you know, something like that. But Boy, I got a, I got an AL East heavy team, bro. Bichette, Devers, JD, Rosarena, and Meadows, and Garrett Cole. Oh, my oh God. shit. AL East, man. Damn. That's funny. All right, so JD's the pick there. Adam Ronis, look at that. Yeah, I love the live pick. Like the live, like hearing you squirm like that. Yeah, you know, look, this is a redraft league with waivers. So mm-hmm. I'm not as worried about, see, and in in, I'm more conscious of the pitching in that draft champions because you can't make any waiver wire moves. Here I know there's going to be pitching that becomes available. And there's a couple of pitchers that I think will make it back that I'll probably take one. Yeah, I'm almost certain I'll take a picture on the way back uh, unless they all just are cleaned out of the queue. Um, yeah, because uh, there is a bat or two that I really like, but yeah, no, I have a couple pictures that I want. I think uh, I'll probably wind up taking two on the way back. Wow, look at that. That draft just – oh, no, that's my draft. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I saw J.D. Martinez – Right, team eight in my league, team eight took JD Martinez in the seventh round. Okay. And then all of a sudden it was like Lizardo, Sal Perez, Jose Altuve. I was like, oh shit, that moved, but yours didn't move as fast. So um, well, there you go. There you go. All right. I mean, um, on mine, do you have my draft board? No, uh, what which uh one are you again? 27. 27, okay. So I um I kind of had an, a, a little oopsie-daisy moment, actually, in my draft, which was kind of comical because I was doing something while working on something else and being on a conference call and wasn't paying attention to the fact that I was all of a sudden able to pick. So here's how it's 27, started. right? 27, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm pick 12. Okay. Yeah, bro. Oh, he's, man, Alvarez was someone I really was contemplating. Oh. In um, wh- where was that pick? Uh, tr- tr- oh, round five, man. I the way I was hoping he would make it back. I just looked at and I said, all right, who's most likely to make it back? And I thought it would be him. I thought he wouldn't, but compared to Keston Hira, I don't know if I'm gonna look back and regret that because I I think if he's healthy, he has a huge year, man, huge year. So, uh, all right. Well, I like hearing that. Nice endorsement. I feel the same way. As long as the knee is good, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I really, dude is a monster. So I started Freddie Freeman, Walker Bueller. Then while we were on air last night, I took Nolan Arenado. I preferred him. And then it was, it was, it was coming up. To, it was my pick when we left for the, uh, for the fourth round. And that's where I was like sitting there and I was like, hmm, I know I'm going to need speed. So I was looking at Starling Marte, but I was also looking at George Springer. And I was even looking at Aaron Judge. And when I, when I asked you, I said, who would you take? And you said Marcelo Zuna would be your pick there. I said, OK. And I you know, took that under advisement and went through it. And so then I sat there and I was just like, you know. He's never going to come back to me if I don't take him right now. And I know I already have Freddie Freeman here, but I've never owned him since he's come up. 
I don't own him in any of my dynasty leagues, and I don't own him. I never owned him at all. And you know, and and thinking about the fact that you do, you need that upside play, and you know, if you really want to kind of make a splash, you have to take some risks. Well, my feeling is is that listen, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to break out, whether it's this year or next year or the year after that. I'm not hundred percent sure. Best shape of his life, sure. 42 pounds lighter, great. Mechanics still there, sure. And I was like, fuck it, man. You know what? I'm going to have a little fun here. I'm going to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I'm just going to enjoy that. And if, you know, if, if anybody comes back who I was mentioning before, which I doubted, well, then so be it. But, you know, that's the way it went. And so I took Vladdy Jr. Because I just, I, I like the kid. I like the possibilities. I mean, I, again, I know he's going to break out. I know he's going to be a superstar. The question is, is how long is it going to take? Because the kid's only 21 years old right now. So it's tough. After that fifth round, I see people start taking pitching, like abundantly, right? Um, at the end of round four, it was, um, well, after I took Guerrero, like Maeda went two picks later. Then Hendricks went. And it was like Snell, Corbin Burns, Josh Hader, Sonny Gray. Coming back around the fifth, it was like Edwin Diaz, Carrasco, Strasburg, Freed, right? All these, and, and this all went very, very quickly. And I'm like, you know, sitting there dealing with like conference calls and stuff like that. And I know I'm not going to, you know, I got to, you know, run inside and take care of a couple of things in the house and whatever. So I was like, all right, you know what? Let me just set my queue. And I start, you know, just clicking on players to, you know, go in the queue and, you know, when you when you click on the name and the pop up comes up instead of, you know, like whatever. Long story longer here. I was putting Zach Wheeler into my queue or so I thought and ended up drafting Zach Wheeler. Not the end of the world. He was on my list. I was looking at him and Ian Anderson and Jose Barrios and Framber Valdez. Um, you know, but. Uh, not paying attention and trying to do too many things at once and rushing in and out. I ended up taking Zach Wheeler, but it's all right. Like, you know, I'm again, not where I wanted to take him. Could have taken him the next round, but then coming back around there, Barrios and, and, and Ian Anderson were there. And I was like, okay, they, they went, I need stolen bases. Cattell Marte and Trent Grisham went before me. And then that was where I was like, fuck it, man. Not going to get speed here. There's nobody really that I'm I'm digging on right now. Maybe I could take Jose Altuve next round. Let me go with Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez. So I grabbed him. Big fan. Blah blah blah. Coming back around in the seventh. Lo and behold, there it was. Um, Jose Altuve taken by Clay Link right in front of me. So, um, so I figured, all right, screw it, man. I'm not. You know, I don't like what's there at shortstop or second base at the moment. I figure I can wait a round or two there, um, and I grabbed Charlie Blackman. I, I get it. He had a down year last year, and you know, there's no Nolan Arenado in the lineup now. But I mean, he's still fucking Charlie Blackman. He's still a 300 hitter. He's still a 340 minimum on base percentage. So, still a fan. Still solid there. The Wheeler thing took me a couple of minutes to get off tilt on that. You know, you kind of get frustrated when that happens. But so that's where I'm at right now. I'm seven rounds deep, and uh, and that's my team. 
Yeah, we're similar spots. Um, you have two arms. I got one. Uh, Charlie Blackman went right after I took J.D. Martinez. Oh, I have no speed. That's my problem right now is I have no speed. Yeah, that is true. You're going to have to find a player or two at some point. Um, and then Kirby Yates went in your league right after Blackman. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but the well, problem close, is, so the though, is that... run is way slower in mine, I guess. There's really... There's really... There's, there's not a lot of speed left right now. Like, there's nobody out there that you're like, oh, shit, yeah, there's going to be great speed possibilities here. There's a couple. Um... I mean, I've got my eye on somebody, but he's power speed combo needs the speed to pick up a little bit more. But all right, if all right, you know, I mean, it's it's tough because you don't have who's fully available to you. But Tommy Edmund, yeah, yeah, Robles is still there, right? Um, yeah, I just Robles hits so far down in that lineup, it bums me out. Yeah. It bums me out. You know who else I was looking at also was um, Ramon Laureano. Yeah, if he runs, I do think he'll bounce back. So I was high on him last year, too. So um, I'm interested again. Right. Do I do I dare go down that Byron Buxton well? Ugh. You know, I, I definitely will have one T, bro. You know, the problem is, did he go in my league already? I think he did, um, which, yeah, he did. He went second pick of round seven, so he saved me. Um, not saved me, it just, even if he came back around on this one, I probably would not have taken him. I would have to have been after. Um, look, he was really good last year. I know it was not a large sample, but I still think he could produce a big season. So I'll take him if the price is affordable i'm not going to reach for him and go out of my way to get him but i hope to have him on at least one team this year in case he has that big season well if you're looking at the queue in my uh in in my league buxton is the number one outfielder available so he's high up on the board and, you know again i don't know i don't know any of these guys with the exception of clay link i don't know a single person in this league um, so I don't know how who they value or how they draft or anything like that. But, I mean, for me, it comes down to, you know, if I want some speed there, do I go Byron Buxton? Do I go Edmund? Do I go um, the possibility of Ramon Laureano? Well, Buxton's ADP is 97. So if you don't take him, he's obviously gone. Um, so you'll have to take him with your next pick if he falls, if you want him. Yeah. And let me see where uh I don't know how much Tommy Pham's gonna run. And the comments that I heard for him were pretty concerning. Right. About being stabbed. Edmonds ADP is one thirty. And he's got eligibility at several positions. But again, yeah, I'm hoping really... I'm hoping Edmund lasts a little bit more. I don't think I would go with Edmund yeah, with this. Yeah, I don't next think you pick. need to take him here. No, for me it's either it's either Buxton or Loriano here. Loriano will probably last. But then again, you're picking at the end. And you just know. Let me see. Loriano's ADP is 125, but he's only gone in two drafts so far, 124 and 126. Right. 
Yeah. It's going to end up being Buxton if nobody takes the guy who t- who's picks next to me who took Yates still doesn't have any outfielders. Um, That's dangerous in elite. I, sometimes I feel like people are like, oh, outfield's really deep. Um, there's 90 starting outfielders. There's a lot of platoons. There's a lot of platoons. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'll tell you what, dude. Uh, you know, I mean, as much as I love having Freeman, Arenado, and Vladimir Guerrero, I feel like I probably should have hit either shortstop or second base a little earlier. Well, I think second base, you either take one early or you're going to wait because it's a crap right. position. Shortstop is pretty deep. Um, I mean, it's like top. 20 at Chevy. Let me see. In your draft, did uh did shortstop go? No, he did not. Which one? Dansby Swanson. No, 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 no. I was the guy I was I was I was taking a look at there. But Swanson doesn't steal bags either. He'll run a little bit. He can get you 10 to 15. Decisions, decisions. I mean he had five last year. Did he get caught? 10 in um, 2019, 10 in 2018. Real polarizing player. People either really love Dansby Swanson and say he's the most underrated guy out there, and there are some people who are just like, "Uh, dude, I'll take a shit on this dude. That's it. I don't – okay, I mean, it was justifiable to say that for a few years, but he was excellent in 2019, and the overall numbers are very misleading because he got hurt, and he came back, and he played through the injury, and he was awful. If you go look at his – Last month or two in 2019, you're going to be like, oh, my God, because um, he was playing through injury and he shouldn't have been out there. Uh, and he was very good last year. Um, so I'm a fan. Look, guy, this is one of the examples of a player who was taken first overall in the 2015 draft that just did not perform immediately. And you know how it goes. We're excited at the beginning. And then, oh, yeah, he sucks. He's done. Sometimes it takes a while. This is not an easy game to play. Well, baseball is a tough game. So, um I'm on the pro Swanson side. I'm just just the price. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. You know, it's pretty much an eighth round pick in a 15 team league, but you know, it's a really good lineup, and he's got all the tools. We saw the power grow, the barrel rate go up, fly balls have gone up. Uh, he's legit, man. There you go. All right, so uh, things to. Things to chew on a little bit before uh, before I, I make my next pick. Hey, did you hear, by the way, Cole Calhoun uh, torn meniscus? Yes. Yeah. But that's something where he'll probably be back two weeks into the season because it's March 2nd. So that's an injury you can recover from quickly. Yeah. Not a guy who runs really a lot of, anyway. Just thought I'd drop that in there. So, all right. So there we go. That's the uh, that's the status right now of my team and Adam's team. We're both seven rounds in, seven picks in. Uh, when we come back tomorrow, we'll have uh, more of these drafts. There's more shit going on, and we'll see if uh, see what happens with Julius Randall's props tonight. Uh, by the time that you're listening to this tomorrow, uh, you'll have already known. So, uh, big thanks as always to you guys for liking and subscribing. Big thanks to Adam Ronis as always uh, for Adam. I'm Howard Bender. This has been Anti Up. We'll catch you next.